You are listening to the Punk Theology Podcast. This is season two, episode number four. I'm your Russ Shaw, your host. Uh, punktheology.com. Uh, get this thing going. says that they're worth it, but... No, I asked him why it's worth it. Why is it worth money? That's a good segue to what we're talking about. What are we talking about, Ross? We're talking about imagination. I can't imagine, should ask I can't imagine a world of paying for other people's safety. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a speaking of safety. Oh, the, intro, the intro to this needs this to be... Darwinism? Oh. Darwinism. Is no, that Darwinism right there? The intro to this needs to be the movie announcer guy... Saying, imagine a world. <laughs> so, made by Chuck. <laughs> Everyone's dead. Well, he does kill a bunny with a baby. Cold, eat as far as the, I can't imagine a dollar amount to, for safety. Hell so, yeah. I worked at. This is sometimes Center. how it starts out. Are we How's on? that? Yeah, we're recording. So. Okay. Yeah. So Russ is talking to the audience again. <laughs> I know. Well, people okay, just I'm talking to Mike Russ. It's like a bunch of people just walked in on this conversation Welcome. between you guys talking Welcome. about bike lanes. Reboot the show. <laughs> reboot the show. We're gonna have to start. Do we have to reboot the show? Yeah, reboot the show. All right, reboot the show. Here we go. Commence reboot of the show. Bye. Rebooting the show. Reboot of the show is underway. Please stand by. Stand by. Rebooting the show. We've had, like Steve just said, an hour of conversational foreplay. Arthur just showed up, so now we're we're ready. We got all. Now we want you to imagine a world. In a world where cat videos and memes rule the feeds. Shut up! (laughs) People, people, I know. I was trying to. I've I've already got a buzz. Like fuck, too. Right. Yeah. Like we we we've been talking too much and you killed three bears, Jesus, oh, yeah. dude. That's like a heavy night for it's you. A corona, it's a Coronas. So they're so Coronas. Yeah. These are like light beers. Like my beer flavored water. I had a I had a <laughs> I had a men's room by Elysian. It wasn't like my pumpkin. We're not getting paid to say that, by the way. We should be. <laughs> Speaking of being paid, thank you, Carlton, for being Carlton's our sponsor of the podcast. The only, the only, the one and only sponsor, yeah. uh, Patreon. Please write us if you have any page. questions. You know what's funny is that four bucks a month. Punk Carlton Theology. <laughs> <laughs> you could name it kind of like they name stadiums, right? Yeah. Um, but the funny Carlton thing is, is even that four bucks a month makes a difference. Absolutely. Because Digital Audio Project was as a corporation, I have to fucking pay for that shit every year through the state of Washington, which is like seventy bucks a year. And 70 times 4 is... Anybody? It's not 70. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's close. 70, 70 Why are you traveling up to 4 years? 70 times 4 is a lot more than 70. You're right. It's not 4 years. God. It's a year. One year. 
So what anyway, you, should we refill the show again? Do we have to refill the show? What's Carlton doing every month? Four bucks. Yeah, four bucks. Oh, fuck. I will do four bucks a month. I want my fucking <coughs> board on the wall. All right, but you have to go to Patreon and do yeah, that shit because Patreon. there's a whole <laughs> Patreon takes Rollins, care of it. I can do punk theology. Amen. I feel like that's masturbatory. Yeah. Is it masturbatory? Well, since when is that economically? Show? Yeah, what's wrong with that? That's right. What's wrong with that? <laughs> we are the we've been coined a. If, if, if you just something give us some money, you don't remember. have to pay the Patreon tax. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, yeah. they take the cut. Yeah, they take it like a ten percent cut. It's pretty big. Like, like Carlton probably gets five bucks a month, but we only get four. There you go. I'll just buy beer with it or something. No, I don't know. Anyway, uh, imagination. There you go. Did we crash already? Steve's throwing yeah. money at me okay. like a stripper. Yeah. Okay. Just so who decided it was a good idea to record this over here? <laughs> no, I think we're. I think imagination is a, a great topic because. We all try and imagine. I mean, every day is an. It's more imagination, I think, life is than all of the shit that we think makes sense. Mm. Or it's rationale. Like, I get up, I go to work, I punch out eight hours, I come home. Sometimes the boss will come up alongside you and you'll go, you know, I'm just not feeling it today. And he'll say, well, put your imagination into it. <laughs> right? So yeah. Russ doesn't have a boss, and right. so he's speaking he's, from... He's imagining what it's like <laughs> well, to have a yeah. boss. I used to and have a boss. On the planet That's why I don't like have a fucking Russ boss anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no. Why do you think I don't have a boss anymore? Fuck. So this came up, something I've been wanting to talk about for a while, and it choked a couple of times trying to bring it up <laughs> yeah. in this group. But, uh, Looks like it's choking again. Yeah. yeah it no, it takes a long time get to us, get going. Get us there. Get okay. us there. Let's go. So, uh, just a lot of thinking on my part kind of coming to the realization that the basic human problem I've mentioned this a couple of times in some from one perspective can be boiled down to this world is not as good as we can imagine it to be and that just mm. drives us fucking crazy all the time and and that that's the root of all anxiety and all of depression <laughs> what's the it's, difference between imagination and fantasy uh, it's the same. It's fantasy is part of imagination. So imagination is really, honestly, everything that we do right now is imagined in some sense or another. Like every scenario of how you think the future is going to play out that you run through your head constantly is all imagined. Uh, and then and then your past is imagined. All of your memories are imagined. None of those mm-hmm. actually happen to the way that you remember them. Uh, there's a whole ton of imagination stored up in a whole bunch of that stuff. Um, so, so in many ways, like everything about your existence is just imagination. Um, well, what if we try and imagine a more positive thing? I think so. That's the downside. My that's shitty childhood was was so fucked up that I tried to imagine something better, and it wasn't real until right. I think I hit my mid twenties. So that's Neither is your attempt at imagining it as it really was. It's still your perception. What's that? Whole. Your perception of your own childhood is flawed. It's, it's your perception of it. It's not what it really was. No, you're right. I tried to pretend that it was something it wasn't. So would that be fantasy? That's a good question. Uh, would it be fantasy? No, because I think in fantasy you're trying to... I'm thinking of like the film... Uh, have you guys seen Ready Player One? Mm-hmm. Great film. Oh, is it, it good? My yeah, it's good. That. The book's good. Yeah, and I think it's it's a future where you can basically kind of walk inside your own. You can make yourself. You can make your avatar whatever you want. And maybe we do that. Maybe there's an ego trip thing going on in there that we could explore. Uh, and this was the '80s, so you know there's no such thing as virtual reality or even the internet. There was, but it was mostly text shit. See, there I go. I'm I, just, I've just i gone on a rabbit trail. The, I think that the difference between... I don't think imagination exists in the past. Like, you, you don't imagine your past? Right, you don't imagine your past. You are oh, that's you good. are delusional. That's good, yeah. You are delusional, but imagination is about projection forward. Mm, it's about yeah. what could be, mm. but not... But, but, quote, reimagining your own history, that's really just delusion. It's... I'm going to deny what what I what I perceive what of what actually happened and try to paint it in a in a better picture, 
or worst picture, it doesn't matter. That that's, right. that's not imagination, really. Okay. Maybe that's some of the bullshit around really forward thinking around the self help movement too. Because you look at Tony Robbins and a lot of these guys come in and they sell that. They sell it as a product. Like you had a shitty. You know what? You don't have to have skill. You don't have to go to fucking college or learn some kind of thing or actually self discipline yourself to to learn a thing. You know what? You're just a good person. Just get out there and believe in yourself. And there's some there's some good to that, believe in yourself. But yeah, you need to kind of learn some shit first. What about right? when you talk to with your kids? So my youngest is at the stage where if he doesn't actually recall what he did in a day, he'll make something up. Like lying? Using his imagination to fill yeah. in the blanks. For kids, it's not really lying as and much as it's... And even as an adult, you know, it's... I've... I have found myself going down a trail where I've tried to fill in blanks of my past. I think in that scenario, the imagination is, I believe I can convince my dad Mm. right here of what I want him to believe. I'm going to make up a story right here on the spot. So it's about the present and the future, not about the past. Okay. That's where I think, that's where I think imagination does enter into that. Okay. Well, in psychology, kids reach a certain age to where they realize that imagination and reality are two different things. You know, like you, you watch a Disney movie for a lot of kids or Santa Claus. I remember having this conversation with a friend over Santa Claus, like, you know, being the Christian guy, like, what should I, is it a lie? Am I lying to my kids? And I said, well, around five years old, they don't really differentiate between the imagination, the imagined reality of Santa Claus and whether it's a story or not. Because I would, you know, that's where I got with my son when he got to a certain age to say, well, let's just pretend. We were pretending. And when he got to that age where he could differentiate between what was pretend and what is real, he's like, oh, you know, okay. Does that make sense? We, we were conservative with my daughter and didn't believe in Santa. Santa Claus doesn't exist? No, he does, Chuck. He might exist, Chuck. We don't know. <laughs> Santa doesn't, but Santa Jesus brought me fucking does. bullets last year. You know, that, like, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> God exists, but not Santa. Santa might exist. Have you been to the North Pole? You don't know. Actually, <laughs> Saint Nicholas. There is no North Pole. The Earth is flat. <laughs> what about him? Uh, so, part of the reason I wanted to bring this up is a uh, conversation I think Chuck and I mostly had about the dark side of, re- of imagination and how imagination fucks us over, especially really creative people, mm-hmm. um, for the whole... And it really has to do, ultimately, with, again, that, that thing of we can imagine things being better. And, uh, and uh, Is the problem that we can't imagine them better or that we expect what it's we imagine? It's, it's expectations. And it's like... So this is where the... The perfectionist fucks himself. Mm-hmm. It's because they can never be happy because they can always imagine mm-hmm. yeah. this detail that didn't go right, and so they make, so they gather more and more and more control until they come up against the limit of what they can actually control. And there's st- and and then they and then it just drives them more and more and more crazy yeah. because the little tiny details just eat at them more and more and more and more because be, because they can see it so clearly in their head. And and ninety five percent of it may have gone exactly like they saw it. Yep. They don't fucking care. They are obsessed with that five percent that did not, and it completely robs them. Not only does it rob them of any happiness of what might have happened, it robs everybody around them, and it takes. It, it's not a neutral. They, they get depressed and anxious. Mm-hmm. They go to a dark place because things didn't go the way they wanted to. Even though the vast majority of what may have happened yep. was a positive thing. They they take something that was beautiful and then in their head make it the most ugly thing that they could possibly right. imagine mm-hmm. because the little detail wasn't. They correct. try and satiate themselves on control, and you can't do that because you're never going to be satisfied with. Well, it. You, you can't have that much control. Yeah, yeah, you can't. We can never get to the point where what we envision in our head manifests itself in reality ever. Full stop. Here's a question. I think, I think it's also not that we can't control it. I think it's also that we build a construct of the way that the, we believe the world works. Right. Yeah. So it's not that I can't make it that way. It's that I, it, for everyone, I think for some people, because this is how it was for me, one of the things that, that led to kind of the total deconstruction of, of who I once was, 
revolved around the idea that I thought a significant portion of it revolved around the idea that I thought truth actually mattered, mm-hmm. and that and that living for truth and honesty, and that and that bringing the truth to light would result in the right responses in the world. Mm-hmm. And there are all kinds of forces that don't fucking give a shit about truth. Mm-hmm. Like well, what, do you, what do you mean when you say truth doesn't matter? It has very little power. Like what you believe is true right. doesn't actually mean anything in the end because reality says uh, you're wrong. And, 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 and that truth doesn't have the power that it is. And, I, and this, so is another word, this is another word that I don't like to use anymore and I don't live in that world anymore. Should. Yeah, mm-hmm. but there's a lot that of truth training. should have power. Yeah, yeah. That truth should change the way the world thinks. That if people understood the truth, things would change. Doesn't matter. It's not a right. very powerful motivator. And, right. and, and oh, I, yeah. think, I think in our day and age, we have a hard time identifying what really is true and what's provable. But I think in very small instances where you do know about a certain situation, um, the truth about truly, absolutely tragic events. You know, we we hear on the news this person claimed they were raped. We, as, as an observer do, that wasn't there, we have no idea whether that really happened. Those things happen in private, usually without witnesses. We don't know the case, right? In a lot of... But, but when you actually know that something happened, and you're trying to stand for that truth, and the system in the world that we live in steamrolls that, Damn. and it doesn't have any power, and you get fucked, even though leading up to that, you're like, you're, you're imagining that... Here's the way it's going to go once people understand and and know, <laughs> yeah. and the truth is revealed. There's a very, very that over. specific trap that I fell into over and over and over again, and looking around, uh, find other people. I catch other people falling into it a lot, and it tends to be among intelligent people that have grown up knowing that they're intelligent, being told that they're intelligent, because mm-hmm. they start to believe that the scenario is that they're smart enough. That the scenarios in their head will actually happen, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're shocked when, they when it doesn't play out the way that they. <laughs> yeah. Over and over and over again, they're shocked. Like, and the worst thing is for someone that can get it right like thirty percent of the time. Like, they're actually smart enough to predict it thirty percent of the time, and it's just enough to coax them into thinking that they can get it right every time. And uh, and those are the people that start seeing patterns in places that don't exist, mm-hmm. um, and or you know or get really set on a scenario in their head and they have everything planned out and then it happens and it's nothing close to what and then they can't adapt in the moment so they can't they can't play jazz with it they can't make something good out of it let me give an example of that real super world example I attended a church for 18 straight years I had relationships with all of the leadership in that church I was (coughs) part of the leadership of that church it blew my mind that I was unable to convince the rest of the leadership of that church that an admitted pedophile shouldn't be leading worship. Right. right. I did not understand how I could go to each one of them and they would literally do nothing. <laughs> yeah, the scenario made sense. I knew these guys. I'm like, this is nothing. Yeah. There was no way that I thought that that would end up being the outcome. Uh, the expectation didn't match the reality, yeah. And that in reality, they turned against the victim and chased them out of the church. And there's a chance that in that moment, the fact that you were so shocked by it not manifesting itself probably hurt you. In that, and it hurts your it took ability. Everything in yeah. my power not to break someone's face. Right, exactly. Yeah. And there's people that do break people's faces. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and because they they were so set on again what you're referring to the truth thing, like this has to go this way. And that was almost a failure in my imagination. My right. imagination told right. me I'm no projecting into the future. <laughs> This is how the outcome that's going to happen. And then when an, an outcome that I could not possibly imagine occurred, I did not know the world I was living in anymore. And so that's when the manifestation of things like wisdom started. Wisdom is you're not quite as smart as you think you are. Flexibility. Right. And, and it also takes social interaction that's outside of group think, right? Right. It's not just your own tribe. But right. you're well, it takes experience outside. with reality. Yeah, you see the other who you would judge in the past and go... Hey, come here. I want to talk to you about something, and you let them into your world. But a lot of Christianity, we don't do that. Some of what you're—I mean, what you experience is is, is horrible. And and some of what I'm experiencing now with this whole Willow Creek thing 
you know, we've had Benjamin on and Derek's been a part of this and, and, and you guys. And, and, and that's this morning I woke up angry. And part of it was some of that, right? Like, first I was going to a prosperity church who fucked me over because guess what? It doesn't matter how much you give or, you know, ooh, I'm, I'm almost there to where I'm blessing God or I'm going to hit that slot machine that God is and he's going to pay out. No, when that didn't work, I went to another church. Actually, I went to AC3. And then I went to Mars Hill because AC3, when I confessed all my shit... And my wife and I were like, here's our shit. And everybody else in the church didn't understand it. We basically had to leave. Not because of the leadership. There was something fucked up with the leadership. But, but Christians or people just didn't understand. Like you know looking at my wife and going, what the fuck are you still doing with this guy? Yeah. Like he fucking cheated on you with a bunch of fucking prostitutes. What the fuck is wrong with you to my wife? Who would have said a few years earlier, if he ever cheated on me, I'd be out. But because of all the shit that they didn't know going on in our story and how we unpacked our shit, you know, we're, we're not going to just throw that out into this community of people who were supposed to love Jesus. Like, no, we, were, we left. And then we went to Mars Hill, which seemed like this cool hipster church, and they're affecting the city. Ooh, they're affecting culture for Jesus. And this is awesome. And look at this. And then that whole fucking thing collapsed. And then I go back to AC3 where these were the safe guys, at least the leadership was. And now the leadership is siding with this motherfucker who, who <laughs> molested what? You know, it, it was abuse of power over eight women that came forward. Wow. Nine who kind of recanted her story. It's just, it's just, you know, this whole church thing as a construct is... I'm starting... I mean, it's my it's third fucking rodeo. I think it's, it's not what you imagined. It's not what I imagined as I thought, you know, this is supposed to be the kingdom, right? This is kingdom living. When you have this an is, expectation here and your reality is here and there's that gap, yeah, that's, yeah. Th- that gap is where the depression and, and the anxiety occurs. Just depre- and I'm not even depressed any, anymore. Any disconnect, though. I see it now as or a the consciousness anger. thing. But yeah. th- that disconnect in that gap is, is where that happens. And the church can be a double whammy because... As Derek uh, said before, and we've talked about before, is they set you up to have high expectations. Yeah, and they yeah. set you up for they the idealism. They overpromise yeah, them yeah, the word. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's kind of a double. That's where it becomes about consciousness, and not about you know. If you get saved, here's what you need to do: you need to recite this prayer, and then you and you have fire insurance. It's more about consciousness, and we don't like that. We don't like the fact that you get to a point where you know you love people, and that takes work. But that gap is always going to exist, no matter where you go. Yeah, there's exactly. But there's, that gap. but there's times when there's times when our inability to imagine causes collective trauma. Okay. Yeah. So nine eleven. That's what I was telling Rick was yesterday. Like, was like no one could imagine that would happen. So it was so no one had ever imagined. So nobody prepared for it. No, yeah, no one thought flying airplanes would, into skyscrapers. That's, that's everyone insane. had never hijacked an airplane before. Did it because they wanted to go somewhere, right. not because they wanted a missile. Right. Yeah. Um, we saw it last year. No one thought that conservative Christians would rally around Donald, grab him by the pussy, Trump. But they did. Yeah. Honestly, at this point, I'm. You know, with all of the... It's funny because I think every little tribe of Christians wants to pretend like they're not like the sexual impure ones, but the reality <laughs> is the church is fucked. Priests are molesting boys all the time. Everybody knows it. it it's, it's like not even like... We don't even wonder anymore. Yeah. I mean, I went to a ultra-conservative church that is pro-pedophile. Mm-hmm. We elect Donald. Like <laughs> Christians need to stop pretending they give a shit about sexual sin. Like, the least of it is getting a blowjob in the Oval Office and lying about it. Yeah. As long as you feel bad about it, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it seems... But, but that's what uh, happened, you know, is that a whole lot of people couldn't imagine that someone like Donald Trump could win. Mm-hmm. And that was the response that... Which led to the anxiety. You know, like, that, no that, that, that yeah. conservatives Russia relished in. Russia imagined it. <laughs> and saw it apparently, to reality. Apparently yeah. orchestrated it. <laughs> the key to life is being Russian. That will fix your problems. Because yeah. then you can manifest things that nobody can re- imagine into reality. More now, it's now there's Russia-phobe. <laughs> now, Russians are the new terrorists. 
It's true. The terrorism thing ran its course, which so, is yeah. hilarious. Back because, to the Russians. because because all the conservatives <laughs> point to Reagan as like the last great conservative hero. Who you know, Reagan's opinion on Russia is probably a little different. <laughs> they need to do a remake of Breaking. Now, though, so. What is that? Red Dawn. Yes, they we need to do a remake of Red Dawn. It was terrible. Yeah, it was <laughs> <North> <laughs> Koreans. There's North Koreans running around like they actually had energy because they were fed. <laughs> you you know, say the remake like, was terrible. Like, like, the Red Dawn, the original, was terrible. Patrick Swayze in the woods. Like I said. <laughs> terrible. But some of what you're talking about reminds me of, uh, you know, what the cognitive distortions outlined in the cognitive behavioral therapy model of perfectionism. It's all or nothing, black or white thinking. Yeah. Um, shooting on yourself. You know, things should be this way, ought to be this way, shouldn't be that way. And yeah. The ability to project into the future, the ability to understand what other people are thinking. That's what our yes. imagination is uh, valuable. Is that if we can imagine what's going to happen when it does happen, we're not shocked. Right, and that's what I've been talking about. Our fail failure to imagine an outcome that ends up happening is shocking to us. Yeah, but that's that the too, number though, one definition. Like where I go with it is, I just continue to. I don't even want to imagine that it would be good because then I'm going to be disappointed when it's not. Well, that's the question: is what's the way forward? But I mean, there's, there's stoicism. Some say yeah. there's Buddhism. You just have to have some ugly mix but, of all that but, stuff. But that, <laughs> that, 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 that purity is not the answer. That's it's just a good protecting point. you against psychology, stoicism, sure, but Buddhism. But maybe it's still, if you can't imagine and mix it all something. There's a gap. It doesn't matter whether so, you think it's going to be good. If you, you can't imagine 9/11 happening, it's shocking that it does happen. Yeah, correct. That's what I love. The definition: Merriam-Webster. The act or power of forming a mental image of something not present to the senses or never before wholly perceived in reality. Like, that's a beautiful definition, number one, because that that goes into this conversation. Because everything that we imagine daily, like, we don't know. That's where I go with faith, you know. I have a friend who's like, I just don't believe in faith. It's like, you, you have no fucking guarantees in life. You don't know you're going to work arrive at work on time. If I was a betting man, I'd bet you'd probably arrive to work on time. But everyone's life could change in an instant with a fucking phone call. And many, I mean, faith and you imagination know? are almost exactly the same thing, honestly. Like, like... Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point. Uh, but you step out in faith. Yeah, you step out in imagination. On your imagination. Right. You have to, in order, you you have to imagine a scenario where it works in order to yeah. step out. Nobody's going to imagine something and say, oh, I don't think it's going to work I guess I'll do it anyway. Well, I guess some people do, but they don't end up very. You have to have an emotional investment, yeah. right? Well, faith to to your point, Russ is you know I don't know if it's faith to say the sun will rise tomorrow or my car will start later. I don't know if that's faith. It's just kind of based on history and your experience. That's a probability yeah, as to what will happen. That's a little yeah, different yeah, yeah. than faith. Faith is something like you know. But I think the certainty going to part of some of the stuff we talk about with this show is is the certainty addiction is yeah. is the illusion that says no, <laughs> it's going to happen, John, because I'm blessed of the Lord. My my kid's not going to get cancer. I picked up a woman the other day, <coughs> and I took her to Children's Hospital. And I said, "How's your day going?" You know, I'm usually Mr. Chipper in the morning and trying to make chit chat. And I go, "Are you having a good day? I hope you have a really great day. You know, welcome, jump in." And she's like, "Children's Oncology Unit." She's, "I'm going to the M. I'm going to Children's Oncology Unit. We live in Anchorage. My husband's in Anchorage. I've been here for six months, and our daughter has cancer. You know, I mean, that happens to people. And then what do you do? I think what do you say? It's like, and I'm not that I have to say anything, but." We have this imagination of, of, you know, I don't know. That goes into you have an imagination that you're going to well. say something that's going to radically change her life. I, I'm not even trying. In reality, is you're not. No. If anything, I'm getting all uh, selfish and going, "Fuck! I'm so grateful for what I have." Well, like shit to to bring it somewhere. I'm poor and fucking financially fucked, but you know, I've never had to drive my. To uh, you know to I mean, bring it somewhere even like more personal. Um, you know, conversations we've had throughout the course of the podcast as well as our friendships is, uh, you know, people that get hurt or, or you know, kids that get molested. Well, that, oh gosh, that's sad, that sucks. But, but that's those people out here. Yeah. Uh, boys whose fathers die. Oh God, that sucks. Your dad got cancer, died at a young age. Well, geez, that sucks. That's those people out there. But you know, from your own life, it's like from our stories, like yeah. no, that that happened to me. That happened to you. That's real. That shit happens. It's not yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah. It's not some far off thing. It, it's it's yeah. here and now. And because those things have affected you, that then affects 
other possibilities and kind of darkens the imagination of what's possible yeah. for people that you care about and leads to some fear and anxiety as well, I think. I yeah. think Protestant Christianity in America, a lot of it is centered on the idea that there isn't a gap between the imagination and reality, and that's a utopia that's being sold. So that's the product. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's the product, is that there isn't a gap. And when gaps show up, the first move is to say that's actually part of the imagination. Right, like yeah. that's that's proof that the imagination is there, and that's you're, not you're safe from your children getting cancer because you can pray and God can heal it if He right. wants to. Right? No, and if you pray hard enough you pray or pray hard. the right, or if He doesn't, it's His will. Or if you're obedient, well, no, if He if He doesn't obedience. and they die, then He's actually cured them ultimately. For yeah, because they're they healed, go, right? They're healed. And they're it's they have their anymore. they have their spiritual audience, and it's ultimately there. corporate imagination. And corporate imagination is very very powerful. But it takes a huge amount of energy, and everybody's got to participate. It's yes. a it's a show socialist experiment, basically. And everybody's got to provide their to own point. their own amount of imagination to the system, and you've got to keep this thing floating and suspended. And anybody that comes in, that's one not doing their part of imagining, or two is an anchor and is starting to pull people back, immediately gets kicked out. Like like no, no like you don't understand how much energy it takes to keep this thing suspended in the air. Get the fuck out. Like, like we are all working our asses off trying to keep this thing up and keeping the thing supported. And anybody that ever comes in and and it's utopian, right? It's like it's the reality. It's the kingdom reality. of God is here, right? That, yeah. That's what yeah, you're being yeah. told. This is the kingdom of God, and you go, we're like, that's really fucking <coughs> ugly. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Like the kingdom of God is here, and, and if you're one of those people that messes with that utopian fantasy, like like Steve keeps bringing up if you mess with the fantasy uh i don't i think it's like a subconscious yeah kicking you out I like think, like, I think like there's a reflex of like no 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 i've spent so much fucking energy because that's their kingdom that they're this, selling keeping this thing up yeah like i can't even tolerate you being it's here. also that in 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 my opinion it's it goes back to that drowning metaphor that right. i used before where where people who are on the edge and barely holding it together and are relying on that or using it like a life jacket right. floating in the ocean. They're suspending it and it's keeping them afloat. Right. And the, and the problem is, is in that when someone's actually dealing with something bigger and they're drowning and they're pulling them down with it, the reason they can't help, the reason they can't accept it in the collective uh, consciousness of that group is because they don't have the bandwidth to actually help that person right. because they're barely staying afloat themselves. Right. And it's yeah. all that's keeping them buoyant. And they can't imagine <laughs> a world where they're actually on fucking land. Like, they think that's as good as it gets. Everyone's treading water. Yeah. And, I mean, it was... It, it's when like my a- wife was going through some that stuff that was going on with my kids and she was living in that sorrow at church, nobody wanted to talk to her. Yes, yeah, dark. It's like there are a bunch of people in the water, and a bunch of people figure out that if they kind of get together in a group and they all kind of kick at the same time, they can, they can, kind of keep each other afloat, and it kind of works. They make this amoeba, and then, and then and the moments where you're a little bit weaker, and you you can kind of relax for a moment, but then you can you have to contribute again. But if you throw somebody in there who doesn't want to work at it's all, and is just weight. a wank, as yeah, has no capacity to help at all. But yeah, and is not only not kicking, but has blood weights around their ankle, that person gets kicked the fuck out real fast. Especially because when there's what's going no, on in their life doesn't fit their narrative of what God right. should Because there's should not be. enough energy to hold Because it, it doesn't fit the end game either, because I think it in that paradigm, there's also an end game. Like, what are we... Are we going to get rescued? Like, what... Right. And you We're think just about holding Freud. on. We're just yeah. holding on. Yeah, How yeah. long the end game is just kind of dying and not... Right. Well, you think about Freud and his analogy of the superego. Like, that's what the superego is. We're all serving the superego until some people... Cause you look at, you know, the Plato's the chariot, right? That's the superego. It's fucking Caesar back there saying, you run those horses and you stay on that chariot and you run towards... Towards what? I think that some people maybe uh, switch flips like it did with you through, like Richard Rohr said, really fucking harsh love or suffering. In, in your case, and a lot of people's cases, it's both. Um, you go, yeah, where the fuck are we going out? <laughs> like, you go, you all are on the chariot running towards whatever the fuck you, what the fuck is it? You know? what, what, what we're talking about is really, they don't even know. It's they don't even fucking dissonance. know. Yeah, it's, it's but it's not. It's, it's subconscious or it's 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 blindness. 
Like, you're blind. Who the fuck are they running to? Why couldn't they be there for Arthur's wife? Motherfuckers. Why couldn't they be there for his family? Why couldn't they be there for Arthur? Because they're treading water. Yeah. Exactly. But why? Because that's afraid. life. <laughs> it's not life. It's like, what the fuck? That's the irony it's of not, your analogy, though, is everyone is afraid of drowning. Okay, the imagination is what's bridging is the gap in cognitive What is problems. needed. Mm. They need and they don't even they don't know. know. Some people don't even fucking know. What were you saying, Chuck? Chuck? I'm, yeah, sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. That's the irony in all of this analogy is everyone is afraid of drowning. Yeah. Uh, drowning is what they need to do. Exactly. <laughs> in the Bible, Jesus It's just accepted. Stop I sunk to the bottom and fell through the other side of water like it's some fucking sci-fi show and I found like air and dry land under the How pits. about that? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And you're okay? You might go to hell, but... <laughs> <laughs> and you might be next to heaven. Heaven with those fuckers. <laughs> right. Is that heaven? Like, I don't know. That's where you go with, like, party with orthodox you know view of Jesus. heaven and analysis is kind of the, the same. same. What if they're the same place? It is the same, the same place. place. It is the same place. Fuck, man. <laughs> what if it just isn't? What if it's all there is? I'm fine well, with But wait, though, because Chuck says something we cut a little crossfire. So I, I mentioned cognitive dissonance. Arthur, you said something about the gap in cognitive dissonance. What what was that like? I, said, I feel like imagination bridges the gap in cognitive dissonance. So that's okay. how you that's how you live in that cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Is you 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 have this imagined construct of the way the world works. Yeah. It, so back to my you know I mentioned this a couple of times. There's the ideal and there's the material and there's mm-hmm. a gap between them. Mm-hmm. And imagination is what we use to build a bridge between those two things. In some cases, that looks like. A religious system. It looks like a philosophy system. It's it creative like a ability, political system, and and none of them uh, are perfect. They all have significant yeah. issues with them. There's nothing that's that's not incongruent. So they're all incongruent in some location or another. There's not a system that somebody's come up with that explains everything and bridges those two things together. And so we're always left with a little bit. Of that gap, it's a dragon chasing its tail. It never catches its tail. Yeah. It's really fucking close sometimes, but it never actually catches up to it. Yeah. And uh, and maybe the solution is less in fighting sometimes and more in just relaxing and accepting it. I think that's the difference of living a life where you need your world to be the way you think it should be versus accepting it the way that it is. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's danger in both sides because there is danger in just accepting everything as it is because then you don't work for well, progress, which is, which is where there's, there's been a philosophical critique of Western Protestantism and it was that, and, and one of the things they said was one of the reasons it's been so successful um, at, at promoting technology and progress is because there was the idea that you could accomplish heaven on earth. Mm. We could do it, and so many other religions before landed on the spot of like, there's nothing you can do. So That's why the Amish are doing? So why try? And so and, and the why try question is equally as damaging from the other yeah. direction. What, what have we accomplished with that technological progression? Cool yeah. shit. Well, what have we accomplished? Fucking computers and spaceships. That's yeah. awesome. Fucking Google <laughs> gives away all their shit for free. Anybody have? I don't have to pay for email anymore. <laughs> My kids don't die nearly as often as they would. I can uh, live... Antibiotics. I can still yeah, smoke and drink and live until I'm at least 70. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. horrible, isn't it? I don't know. Number two... We, we, fuck, we fucked over the ability of the human race to get any better. Evolution. When you, were, Derek, when you were talking there's about... There's always the, a positive side and there's always a negative side. Yeah, but what if, what if that's part of that conversation is what if the, the fuckers who can run really fast aren't the ones that socially promote progress because the guy who can outperform or outlive or physically race is like a fucking machine. That's what the robots are doing. We don't need humans to physically get stronger. We need humans to mentally get stronger. Yeah. But in in, 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 in an evolutionary in an evolutionary is mental health, not physical health. Yeah, but look, if you look at it in an, an Gattaca kind of a construct, in Gattaca, it doesn't fucking matter how smart you are. You know, it matters how, how physically you can perform. 
And, and even how smart you are is basically how to, to work the system or be an engineer or figure out the computers. That was genetically it's, modified, too. You could argue that exactly. we, actually, that we but, need emotional intelligence, not raw intelligence. That's where some of the ADD, yeah. like there's people that talk about cognitive diversity. And what if ADD isn't a disorder? What if there's just people that don't learn like everyone else? You're calling it a disorder because these are artists who don't think like everyone. You lock them in a classroom, throw a book in front of them. They don't learn that way. So they're the outcasts of society that need to be eliminated from the gene pool. Like, that's not progress, right? But it kind of looks like progress on one level of consciousness. As long as you have so, a standard of normal. So, Derek, in your uh, in your view about that and the kind of the idea of intelligence, um, in one of Simon Sinek's books about business, he talks about how all the great um, achievers in business were always duo partners where one is the vision guy and one is the do it guy right so there's always a place for the guy who's smart and can and can make a vision reality but it's so rare that the guy who can do that is the guy yeah. who actually has the vision well, so exactly. michael yeah. Crichton talked has a whole story about this where he talks about vertical thinkers and horizontal thinkers and you in order to get a project really going you have to have a horizontal thinker and a vertical thinker yeah. and and yeah the horizontal thinker will get lost in the breadth of his imagination and the vertical thinker can't see uh, all of the he can only see one scenario but he can see it to the end but he can only see one scenario at a time and yeah you can't have you have to have both and one they're each directing each other in order to really make it work and then vision you have to have cast. a third person going like why the fuck are you doing cast. any of this <laughs> Derek so, get the fuck out <laughs> it's vision cast. This is GLS. Right yes, here. that's right. We're doing We're GLS. GLS. This is a now global to leadership seminar. To go to your, for free, or we can pay <laughs> us. <laughs> Take what you become a points. Patreon. Become a Patreon sinner saint, <laughs> and you will be part of the GLS. We're starting a new. They don't fucking patent that shit, right? Let's just steal it. We're okay. the new global leadership summit. If they don't patent that, then how can we <laughs> steal it? <laughs> I don't know. We're punks. Like we don't really lead anything. Russ, it's absolutely trademarked, which is what you do. Is it names. really? You don't, oh, I'm you sure. Don't patent is. names, you trademark them. Oh yeah, there's <laughs> got to be something. We can't steal it. We can't just. We could call it the again. Global Leadership Summit with a or bunch of shit. <laughs> we should put some swear word in there. there Chuck, you had a thought a few minutes ago. Did you lose it? What were you gonna say? Yeah. It's okay. You get a little gray like going on, no, Chuck. Look at you. You get a little gray. That's it's awesome. mostly you. <laughs> You're only like 32 or something. Like you that. might too. Yeah, you might too. We don't uh, know. Yeah. Shape no, your yeah, I know, right? I'm fucking gray as a son of a bitch. Yeah, they're not coming in my pubes yet. <laughs> my pubes. Well, thanks for sharing. I know. Yeah. My pubes are all still. I don't believe not gray. Prove <laughs> it. I'm not. A, I'm not doing that tonight. <laughs> get a few drinks in me. We'll put up a live cam. Hey, we'll put up a live to cam. get this thing back on track. Yeah, thank you. Another thing. <laughs> Uh, another uh, another dark side of imagination is we can imagine things are always worse than they appear, mm. and that the good things aren't really good things; they're only illusions. Another cognitive. That's why distortion. I keep shaving my head? <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, that's that's cynical, right? Like when you go cynical, I love that Henry Rollins did that talk on cynical, where he and I get that. Like I felt that way through a lot of my youth like everything's fucked and I'm fucked the whole world's fucked like fuck the world do I care who I rip off and steal from and who I sell drugs to no why world's fucked don't give a shit but when you really start to see other people hurt you know that's when shit changes that's where humanity I don't even know if it's you know I could go back and say well that's where I got saved John and that's where Jesus met Russ but I think at some point I saw, I saw, I was late. I did a coke deal, and I trafficked cocaine from Everett to Marysville, and I pulled up in this woman's big circular driveway at three in the morning. I'm usually there at ten, ten thirty, maybe eleven. I was there at three in the morning this one night, and I pull up in the driveway, and there's these, there's all these cars, and I notice that in one of the cars, these two little kids are climbing over the seats. And there was something in me that just went, oh, that's kind of fucked up. You know, I just thought there was a bunch of cokeheads having a party. They're going, having a good time. And here's some some assholes with their family going to pick up coke from my dealer. Because I was late, you know. 
Shouldn't have been late. <laughs> I know. That's what she said. She being my dealer. So. <laughs> it's not a what. There's not a, a joke in there. It's not a joke in there. I'm not being. So this is a pot, a thing where I steal my own happiness because I question whether good things are good, mm-hmm. and, and I, I do that sometimes. To, I think I'm protecting myself because mm-hmm. I'm afraid of the disappointment mm-hmm. that they're actually not as good as they appear to be. Mm-hmm. So, but then I hedge my bets mm-hmm. and and think that they're really not as good as they could be, and hope that I'm maybe a little bit pleasantly surprised. Did you because know? you're stuck in your own fucking head. Did you learn that? <laughs> learn, sit there, fucking meditate, shut your brain off, wait till it all calms down, and then ask yourself, do I feel like it's good? Must fucking be good if I feel good. Well, I'm glad there's a, such an easy solution. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, like... Do you think you learned it? I'm not saying, like, that's, like, actually the textbook easy. answer, but, the, but the reality is your whole second-guessing is the pain itself. That's what's causing it. You're stuck in your own the bullshit loop. head feedback loops. The loop, yeah. The fact that you're even, like, thinking over and over and over again, trying to even figure out if it's good, that's fucking torture. Uh-huh. That is itself torture. But it's Can you put that in the form of a question? It's hard to stop it. Can you put that in the form of a question? Shut the fuck up. Yeah, 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 me too. Can you put that in the form of a question? No. No. Or did he just put that do in the form of a question? Do you have any control over your own brain? Mm. Your forebrain, the one that's doing that. A little. You just but. you just said you did by turning, sitting down, meditating, and turning it on. That's one way of doing it. Like how? Like when you went into the deprivation tank and your brain goes fucking crazy. That whole adjustment period. I think you're. It's, s- it's shocking how little control we have over quote thoughts. That right. Come. You have none. I think Man. you're assuming that I wanted a diagnosis. I think no. It, I'm talking about what is. So I'm confused because so you're telling me that I don't have any control over my thoughts, but yet you also told Derek to sit down, meditate, and ignore my thoughts. That is actively having control over my thoughts. Well, you no, can't do both. You can't control your thoughts, but what you might have some control over is whether or not you believe them. And the problems come is when you believe the thoughts that are in that loop. Do you believe the thoughts? Sometimes there's also a and it's not a off. it's not a I don't know about that. That's, I mean, uh, you feel like you're trying to be diagnosed. Cross talking again. Sorry, you were talking. Now we're not talking. (laughs) (laughs) My wife would actually say she's learned to control it and to shut it off. It's harder to do, but I I suppose. And I'm not saying that's the only way she got free from the misery she was in at one time. Yeah, Mm. it was me too. It was batshit crazy psycho for her, like, like. Psychic ward, psychotic ward kind of. Problem. And me saying I struggle with that is not me saying that I don't have any answers or any way out or I'm hopeless in it. Um, it's. It, and I, I think it's something I've probably seen some progress in. And, uh, and just the fact that I'm aware of it and that it actually bothers me is a big deal. Um, but what if you have the self discipline okay, so to address it? Fuck self It goes back to the truth I was talking about. Right. Why? Why? Because that's trying to have control. No, not Yeah, that's what self-discipline mm. is. It goes back to the. It goes back to the concept of truth that I was talking about and why it doesn't matter. That cycle of trying to figure out what's true about that situation and determine whether it's good or not. You think it's because there's a there's an element of truth. The reason you keep analyzing is you're trying to figure out what that truth is. Is this actually good or not? No, it's because I'm afraid of being hurt. That's where it comes from. Is I'm hedging. Is uh, is I think because I like being. I prefer to be pleasantly surprised than disappointed. Mm. And that's what I'm hedging. Uh, you prefer to be pleasantly surprised point zero 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 percent of the time. Right. Yes, it's, it's better to be. Crazy. It's better to be. Yeah. Well, probably not that much. But if I'm pleasantly surprised five percent of the time, uh, it's it's. Better. It feels better sometimes than being disappointed only five percent. Isn't that yeah. being cynical though? Uh huh. Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're assuming like you. that I'm preaching this as like a gospel. <laughs> right. Like this is how everybody should be. Right. Right. And, and but what I'm saying about the self-discipline part is is part of what Arthur's saying because you're you're younger than I'm. Fifty years old. I did this in traffic today. 
your your wife did it not to go fucking crazy from the shit that you guys have been through. I've been through a lot of shit too, and I get that. But but sometimes it just comes down to sitting in fucking traffic, and I can't control any of it, and I can feel that shit rising in me, and I take a deep breath. So you do control. because I I have no. It's become a habit. You know, do do I control walking the fuck out of here? No. At some point, when I was two years old, I learned how to put one foot in front of the other. But you still control. And now, you still yeah, and I still control walking out of here. So I also control having breath in but a stressful don't. situation. You also, you also don't. don't. It's automatic. And that's the point. So this is you're right. Ellen Watts talks about this all the time. Yeah. Are you breathing, or is breath is breath just happening? And it's both. Yeah. It Not before. I used to just stress out, and then I'd go fuck somebody or drink something or smoke something. No, I mean, how often, in general. how often do you tell yourself to breathe? Yeah. I don't, well, I, sometimes I have to tell myself. Today, I told myself to breathe. Okay. I didn't really tell myself to breathe. I got into a, a habit of realizing or being cognizantly aware of the fact that, you know what, I need to stop and breathe. And right now, are the you engineers need to quit talking about a discussion about the autonomic nervous system. Because that's not what this is about. <laughs> but I think it is. <laughs> but it's not. It's, it's kind of about meditation. It's this is, a, it's this is a basic meditation exercise. It so, is. is it, but he's pulling it into the autonomic nervous system. <laughs> he's not. He's is, trying to point out that it's both. It's both. That yeah. you control yeah. it and you don't control it. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And I think that exactly. either reality is bullshit. Right. Saying that, oh, I have full control over it, or that there is no control over it, period. It's like COVID. I cop. land on the there's no control over it. <laughs> I mean, that's where I'm at currently. I mean, my camp yeah. is I can't control it ever. And I realize that that's flawed. Cobra Kai, man. Those that, kids. Yeah, that is, that, no, you got to be taught. The, the realization that you have no control over your thought life, when you really start to sit and think about what that means, and then you start to reflect on how much misery that actually causes you. Yeah. You realize the reality that you are your own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. But it's that everything you imagine out there isn't as bad as what your own head does. But that yourself. still doesn't necessarily fix anything. Being, no, no, and I would no, still, but, just but like it at Derek, least identifies the I fucking problem. When I you realize that your head is your own worst enemy, mm-hmm. worse than all that other shit you imagine on the outside. I think that I always realized that. Like, like that's. I also think you personally have relished in it. Uh huh. <laughs> I don't think everybody does that. It's true. I think everybody I does that at some point. To some degree. Some degree. Maybe. Everybody kind of. Derek might be a little I think more masochistic. In it. I think there's a difference in, like. Enjoying it? Steve, what are you thinking? Steve is like. If I can enjoy Steve, my Steve, misery, that means like I'm Like soaking in this conversation. Oh, yeah. Do you have any thoughts? <laughs> what do you then, like, For me, it's what just, do I believe? Well, there's no empathy. Right. What do you believe? What, what, do, what I do you believe? believe? What do you believe? Uh, it changes constantly. Because what About you believe what? is going to dictate what you do. Uh, yeah. In the present moment. I believe that's true. <laughs> <laughs> we did not answer anything or ask. Love it. Beliefs are complicated. But we all believe. I mean, we all have beliefs. Yeah, because structures. you believe that things could be worse or you believe things could be better. A creation of the mind, especially in an idealized, poetic creation. That's kind of what you just brought up. This is number three in Merriam-Webster's definition of imagination. You dissociate and and just blank out and... What, and idealized. Chuck yeah. has a better meditation creation. system than any of us. Have, yes, and, so, and that's where <laughs> he's that's where really fucking good at. It. I learned from a <laughs> if you're the Gattaca, out run of, the machines, out of body experience. Fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. Chuck has yeah, like, it really does suck because it's. I mean, I was having a conversation with a girl I'm dating, and it's like, do you remember this? And I'm like, mm, like no. Like maybe if I trigger myself to. You were meditating. Yeah, maybe if I trigger myself to um, what the other scenarios that were going on, or just something else to you know to pull right. this out, fucking memory out of my file folder, um, and she got kind of pissed, and it's like I can't help it, like I just go off in my head, or I just file shit away so good that I don't remember it. Yep, I do that too. Yeah. The way I've always thought about it, just is you know observing the crossfire, and I think I, I said earlier, but I'm I don't think you can control your thoughts it, it's it, like in the autonomic way 
but you can maybe have some control as to whether or not you believe them. And it's the belief, Steve. Yes. I think you're probably onto something there. It's like, do you believe the thoughts or not? And the thoughts you believe, if they're disturbing to you, that's going to cause more anxiety, depression, or trouble, anger, whatever. I found CBD has been so helpful that I feel like I can control my thoughts. Well, you're, when things are racing and then all of a sudden I do that, it's it feels like magic that it fucking goes away. It, it's true. No, <laughs> cognitive behavioral therapy is extremely beneficial. I, but I don't think that... Why? That discounts... Why does that work? <laughs> I don't think that, that discounts wait, wait, wait. What, what I'm saying, Did you say though. CBT or CBD? CBD. I, I probably... He said were. CBT. Yeah. I meant CBT. He meant CBT. All of them. Cognitive yeah. behavioral Both therapy is extremely powerful. Freudianly yeah. work. <laughs> but but I, I I don't think CBT discounts what I'm saying because the thoughts are still coming, and you you're, control, you're you're making an effort to not believe them. I don't no, know. No, well, you stop thinking them. Like I stop thinking. Yeah, I do it. But you but, but you have to kind of do some work though. Right, but that's a control. Ah, that's where okay, that's what control okay. is. Is doing some work in order to make something stop happening. But the autonomic thoughts will still come. Is though. poetic creation control? Sure, I guess. I mean, future happens. Right. Oh, no, I just asked through that out there. Get a frost Are you talking yeah, about so this? Exactly, Chuck. So, how do you? What do you believe about yourself? Can I have one of us? Oh, yeah, man. I believe. Gosh. Thank See, you. like I. No, I mean another. another I believe episode, that reductionist questions bother me. <laughs> That's what I believe. <laughs> so, so that, so that question, so that question bothers me because it's trying to get me to sum up. A whole bunch of different variables over a huge width of time, and uh, so you raise the f- question as a feeling. This is what I feel. I don't want to. I don't want you to solve my problem. It's kind of what you're what you're right. at. This is how my brain operates. Right. This, this is, is where I'm at. This is Derek's little blue fucking dot on the GPS of wherever your life right. is. And now. it's moving. <coughs> and there's a lot of dots and they're all moving randomly. So when you but if your friends mirror, care about you and say some shit, is that okay? Uh-huh. Okay. So when you look in the mirror in the morning, what do you see? Uh, that my hair is messed up and I need to fix it. Uh, <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. Do you uh, work in your hair flip? No, it's the gray pubes. I don't this know that I think all that much about my own, my own identity. I don't know that I spend a whole lot of time dwelling on how I define myself. I notice stuff as it comes up. Right. Of like, oh, I'm doing this because... Where's the bottle I don't Because right now I believe this about myself. But it doesn't seem consistent, honestly. Um, I, I can find myself believing very opposite things at different in different scenarios uh, about myself. Um, like... Crosstalk from outside? It's like the classic, you know... The classic bipolar swing, like literally some weeks, Thank I you. some literally some weeks, <laughs> uh, exploded. I uh, I feel like I'm. You do this. Yeah, no? Russ, yes. I blow up all over the room. Suck that thing. That's what she said. <laughs> There's the appropriate use that's of that not term. Funny. Uh, <laughs> um, actually, I guess it would be that's what she said. No, because she said it, so that means yeah. you're you're sucking on something. Anyway, sorry. anyway <laughs> what were you not saying, Derek? being LGBT sensitive? No, we're not. Some weeks I feel like I'm the smartest man in the room, and then the very next week I'll feel like I'm a fucking idiot, and I. Like, like nothing, like, yeah, like I can't believe that I thought that I was so smart. <laughs> and it can be like a three-day separation on that sometimes. Yeah. And I will, at the core of my, my being, feel like I believe that about myself. Right. The week so, you realize that is probably the week you are the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, yeah. ironically. That I'm the dumbest guy in the room, you mean? When you feel like that. Yeah. No, it's when I'm in the middle. No, the week that you realize the week before when you thought you were smart. Right. Well, I'm, and it's, it's, it's when I'm in the middle that I feel like is the most valuable, though. Where I am smart, but not as smart as I think I am. And that's where I usually find the most value uh, and, the, and the most positive results. Is because I'm aware, of my, I'm aware of my abilities, but also aware of the limits of my abilities. Right. Accurately, or as close to accurately as I can. Because when I'm really down deep, I'm not being accurate. Right. Like, I am smart. 
and I'm yeah, not, yeah. and but but I'm not the fucking smartest guy in the room constantly either. Right. And so and the closest I can I can get to an accurate assessment of my abilities, I feel like is is where I'm the most valuable. So okay. where I think this goes is um, when you bringing it back around to consciousness, when you are able to act and be who you want to, you are actually having control. Okay. And when you are when when you are reacting, and you, when you do things you regret or things you when you well, on second thought you're like if I had thought about that I wouldn't do it. And you're living a reactionary life and not being who you would choose to be if you were consciously making the choice, you're living unconsciously. Sure, but the problem comes in when and so if, that if gets all muddled up. If you are if you're allowing if you're conscious and allowing yourself to have those thoughts and say, I'm gonna explore this, that is conscious self-introspection. If your mind is running out of control and you are unconsciously causing yourself misery because you can't stop the train wreck of thoughts that are going through your head evaluating everything, then you are doing that unconsciously. Mm -hmm. And those are two different things. You end up like me. <laughs> and so then, if, if that is where you're at and your, your head is an unconscious train wreck, finding a way to stop that is important. Yeah, agreed. Two different. And maybe some of this is also, from what I know about bipolar <laughs> <Yeah>. disorder, <laughs> is where... This is us. This is also us loving our friend with bipolar disorder because I think part of, as I hear you unpack this topic of imagination, this is kind of where you're you're on this balancing bridge between the, those two sides of yourself. Right. It, 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 I don't know. This is such a beautiful definition. Number three says a creation of the mind, especially an idealized or poetic uh, creation, fanciful. Or empty assumption. So those. So A is the creation. B is the fanciful, empty assumption. I don't know if those are consciousness things or just something that your mind bounces between the two on a regular basis. Does that does that make sense? I don't know. I'm having a hard time. I know these guys are because these guys are fucking off in the background. <laughs> but I think that's 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 also part of this conversation. Is what if. You know whether it's consciousness or not, and I and I get that. It's what if like, it really is as bad as we imagine it, though? And you are the ones that I'm collectively, you know, taking the rest. The of fucking the optimist. Yeah, how much an optimist? How, how much of that? It's of, of that is based upon how you believe what you believe about yourself. Sure. Yeah. I believe I am a shitstorm. Then live the cipher life. <laughs> That's just shallow. Though. Or, or we can pass a revolver. If it really is that bad, then just... <laughs> the cipher life is being able to control turning your brain off again, though. Yeah. And once you've taken the toothpaste out of the tube, and then go yeah. back And in. it always ends in pain, it and you betray your friends or your family. <laughs> and... I'm an engineer. I'll figure this fucker out. Can... <laughs> it can go back in. Because yes. that's where I go with the cipher life, is it's the guy, the addict, who doesn't want to get clean. And you go talk to the manufacturer. Sure. But if it's, it's bad, not if it's bad, it doesn't want to get clean. Sure it is. No. Chuck imagines it, then who cares about getting clean? I don't see cipher that way. Do you believe do. the shit that happens? That's how the story ends. You believe that's who you are. I believe that shit happens to me because that's who I am. That's I sure, deserve I, that. I deserved it. Yes, that's the that's where I when I was in the fucking midst of it being yeah, molested. I fucking one. deserved every bit of it. Oh man! How about you, Russ? So I watched the Menendez trial thing that last night. It's funny going through EMDR and I feel like I cleared all this stuff. And What's it on Netflix? Got to zero. It was actually on NBC. And oh. Uh, Falco, Edie Falco played the attorney. It's really good, except for they start getting into the sexual abuse of Menendez brothers. Oh, yeah, dude, those guys were fun. <coughs> and it was just dark. And then when she goes, and I'm sitting there watching TV, drinking beers with my wife, we're just watching TV. A little lighthearted. A little lighthearted. <laughs> and then, you know, and these guys are testifying, and one of them, one of them is asked, Do you remember when you bled? Do you remember when you started to bleed? And I'm like, I'm out. You know what? I'm out. And I went in the backyard and put on a fucking record and sat out there until my wife came out and goes, are you okay? I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm not really fucking okay. Because that shit triggered some sure. shit in me. 
And where I'd love to say that I'm woke or whatever the fuck it is, like. Or you got the MDR target still, down to a zero. Yeah, exactly. I could, I could walk in and go to my therapist, oh, yeah, I'm cool. And with that fucking shit, when that guy said that, or whoever it was, did you bleed? I'm like, no. I'm like, I just couldn't, I just couldn't sit there and watch this as a, you know, I, 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 maybe that's my passion for doing some of the shit I do is, is you know, fuck, just get over the hurt. Well, getting a target down to zero isn't to say that something won't bother you again or that yeah. you won't react to it. But is it better than what it would have been a year ago? Had you heard that? Are you I less reactive? So. Yeah. So I don't know. It's hard to hard to say. Yeah. Well, who's gonna land the plane? It's pretty heavy. We didn't yeah. get nearly as far as I imagined. <laughs> so this episode is a huge you're, fucking failure. You're disappointed. And you all Again, suck. It didn't live up God to you. God damn you. I'm not doing this anymore. Fuck off. Way, way. That was great. Thank you. You got it? Yeah, that was great. Cool. You, you can stop speaking like that now, though. What do you mean? This is how I always speak. That's a huge bitch. Thanks for listening to Punk Theology. Don't forget to subscribe. Like to join us in having more ears hear this punk sound. Please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you may hear this fucking podcast. Punk Theology is the property of Digital Audio Project, a limited liability corporation, who is responsible for its content. Don't chicken out! First of all, I plead innocent of all charges. This disc contains CD-ROM data and is not for audio use. Hey, listeners, that first tune was by Scott H. Bram. Check out our Spotify playlist uh, to hear bumper promos that we play on the show in their entirety. Go to Spotify, search for Punk Theology, the playlist. And on our Facebook page, Punk Theology Pub you can see the video where I snagged some of that audio about the legendary voice actor behind the movie trailers. Really cool story, by the way. Punk Theology Pub on Facebook. Check it out. Till next time, I'm really glad you're listening. Still. Wow. <laughs> Bye. Please press stop on your disc player now.